Jesus, what are you doing to me? You're making my life rough. I don't have the roots for this. And that's what some people's hearts are like. And then other times, there's people who have hearts that when the seed goes in, there's other things that grow up and choke out what God wants to do in their lives. It might seem like they're good soil, but then there's the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth and all kinds of things that choke the good things that God wants to do in our lives. But then... There is good soil, good soil that doesn't have the seeds in, doesn't have the uh, plants in there growing, doesn't have the rocks, and it's tilled up. Get rid of that packed down dirt. And then when the good seed gets in there, it can grow. So as you go to your class today, I want to pray that your good soil, that the seed of God's word can grow in your life. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. So thank you so much for listening. And um, if you want to take a sunflower seed with you as you go, you can remember what I shared with you. Now, am I supposed to pray with them? Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> Let me pray with you, and then you can grab a seed as you go. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for each one of these children. Thank you that you have good words that you want to speak into their lives about who you are and who you want them to be. Lord, I pray that each one of these children can be good soil for the seed of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you want a sunflower seed to take with you, just one, take one, and then you can go. All right, if you don't want one, that's okay. But if you want a sunflower seed to take with you, just to remember, maybe you can put that near your Bible at your house, and just remember what was talked about today. The, the sower and the seeds. Very good. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Kendall. As you know, our speaker this morning is Kendall Keeler. He is the Eastern representative for a mission organization called Serve Now, Procrastinate Later. Serve Now is all about seeing lives transformed in a holistic way. While meeting real needs takes a variety of different forms, they believe this effectively and efficiently happens by equipping local churches, local pastors, and leaders. This partnership is strategic as it enables the local church to be the hands and feet of Jesus, both here and around the world. Their mission is to share Christ's passion for the world by serving the most vulnerable through national churches and leaders. Kendall, let me pray for you. Mm, thank you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that Kendall could be here this morning to share with us. Father, thank you that it worked out in, in his schedule to come and to share the word of God. Lord, I pray that you would fill him with your spirit this morning, that he would share your heart, Father, and your passion for this world. God, thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate that. I'm going to slip this back here. And here, I'll put the soil and the seeds up here just as a reminder as we go through our time together. Now, it is so good to be here with you. What you see up front there is a picture of my family. 
I have three daughters and now uh, was blessed with our first son-in-law uh, about a little over a year ago. And it is a joy to be able to grow together as family. And we find that, isn't it true that the cultivation that happens in all of our lives can sometimes come through family? See, when you look at a picture like this, and you see everyone on, all dressed up. We were there for a wedding. We were down in Virginia with uh, my niece's wedding. Everybody looks all dressed up, and they're all smiling. And it can be easy to look at the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. And what I want to invite you to think about this morning is how is your heart? How is your heart this morning? How is my heart? The story that Jesus told of the sower and the seed was God's word got scattered all around. And it landed on a variety of hearts. What's your heart like this morning? Is your heart like that first soil, resistant, resistant, resistant to others' input in your life, resistant to your boss, your family, resistant to anybody who's going to make you feel uncomfortable? Is your heart resistant today, resistant to change? And you know what's required for growth? Change. Is your heart resistant this morning? Is it packed down like a path? And when God's seed's word falls, it bounces. And Satan easily can snatch away what God wants to do in your life. Is your heart this morning shallow? Yeah, you're all smiles. You look pretty good from here. It's easy to laugh and shake hands, but that's all you want. Let's just get together and have a good time, but let's not get into the uncomfortable conversations. Let's not go deep. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, God, I'll come to church and we'll have a good time together singing some songs and you know, meeting some people I like and I'll, I'll make sure I avoid the people that make me uncomfortable. But yeah, let's just have a good time together, but God... That part of my life, don't go there. I don't want you to mess with that part of my life. Did you come here this morning with a heart that might have good soil? Yeah, you, you made a commitment to Christ. You want to follow him. I mean, you come to church every Sunday. I mean, you're reading God's word all throughout the week. You're, you've got your prayer lists and, and you've got all this stuff that you're doing. But you're busy, busy 
desperately busy, much, much too busy for God. For God to really do a work in your life. You got a lot going on. But there's things that are choking out what God wants to do in your life. There's some weeds that need to be pulled. There's some things that need to be removed, some rocks. I'm here to invite you this morning to examine your heart. The ministry I work for is called Serve Now, Procrastinate Later. And one of the reasons that it got its name was about 10 years ago, the founder of the ministry thought he was retired. And you know what? God wasn't done with him. See, sometimes we want to get to the place in life where we're comfortable. God wasn't done with him. God refired him. And he started this ministry 10 years ago. And he said, I'm old. So if I'm going to serve, I better serve now. And his son-in-law said, well, we should add the tagline, procrastinate later. And they both laughed. And that's how it ended up with that name. In this 10-year anniversary our organization thought about how can we concisely talk about what it is that we're called to do. And it's serving like Jesus. I want you to know, and I'll share a little bit more about this later, but when I was in a job transition, I actually had about three different organizations that wanted to hire me to work with them. And I was grateful to be able to choose to work with Serve Now. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But the topic that I want you to think about this morning is the concept of thanks giving. So if you have your Bibles, you can look in your Bibles at Luke. We're going to be looking at three different chapters here. Or you can just look on the screen and be thinking about what Jesus did. See, if we want to serve like Jesus, what was Jesus' service like? How did he serve? And here are three examples. I know one of them in your series here, you started off with talking about Jesus who said, I am the bread of life. And it was just before he said, I am the bread of life, that he took bread. He received a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. And what did he do with it? Well, let's look. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven with just the little bit that was in his hands. I want to pause there just for a moment. Maybe you struggle with really saying, God, I will be good soil for you because what you're looking at in front of you seems small. You say, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of talents. I don't have a lot of resources. I don't have a lot of connections. What I have is just a little bit. 
But look at what Jesus did with the little. See, it was the disciples who said, how can so little feed so many? And you know what Jesus did with a little? He gave thanks. I invite you today to give thanks for the little that you have. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke them. Why did he break it? He broke it to give it. You might think, can God use broken things? He can use broken things better than resistant things. Because it's in our weakness that he is strong. So he broke and he gave. And he broke and he gave and he broke and he gave until 5,000 were fed. He gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He invited them to be part of this distribution. More about that later in our sermon today. Now, Luke 22, let's look at another passage in which Jesus broke and gave, broke and gave. See, it was his last night. I don't know what you would do on your last night. People sometimes have bucket lists, things they want to do before they pass away. And most of the time, the things that are on that bucket list are things they want for themselves. How many of us are willing to have a bucket list of things we want to give before God calls us home? Luke twenty-two nineteen, And he took the bread. He gave thanks in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of people that were going to betray him. His closest friends were going to betray him, were going to abandon him. In the midst of broken relationships, he gave thanks. In the midst of knowing his body was going to be tortured, he gave thanks. And he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. Why did he break it? To give it. He broke it and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this. See, if you're curious, is this just something that Jesus does? No, he invited his followers to do this. He invited us as his followers to be broken and given, broken and given, broken and given. Do this in remembrance of me. When we remember somebody, we feel connected to them. If you want to be connected to Christ, we need to be willing to suffer. If you want to be close to Christ... Be willing to suffer. What did he say? Take up your cross daily 
and follow me. So often we think following Jesus is comfortable. It's not comfortable. It's doing the hard stuff. All right, let's look at uh, Luke 24. This was a time in which some of Jesus' followers, all they knew was he had died. It seemed their hope was dead. And they're walking towards this town called Emmaus, sort of this just unknown place. They're just walking away from the city, and, and they're just trying to get away from it all. And as they're walking, this guy shows up. And they're just not seeing clearly. How many of us sometimes have a hard time seeing clearly? Maybe it's the cluttered things of this world that make it hard for us to see clearly. So what does Jesus do in the midst of this time where they're having a hard time seeing him? In the midst of their situation, in the midst of their brokenness. You know what Jesus models for them? This is what he models. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks. He gave thanks in the midst of them not even seeing him. Maybe some of you today don't feel seen. Maybe you feel like you're anonymous. Nobody cares about me. God sees you. In the midst of when they couldn't see him, he took bread, he gave thanks, even in the midst of that, he broke it and began to give it to him, to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. I want to submit to you today another I am statement of Jesus. Now, maybe this one it doesn't actually have the I am phrase in it. But if you look at the entire ministry of Jesus, he demonstrated this. He demonstrated that he is broken and given for you and for me. This is who Jesus was. This was his identity. And wouldn't it be beautiful if the world sees Christians broken and given, broken and given, broken and given. In Sunday school class, we were talking about how in countries where people are persecuted, the church grows. So many of us want to run from persecution. We want to pray against persecution. I want to challenge you today. You are going to suffer. Everyone suffers. You're either going to choose suffering or suffering will choose you. Either we become broken and accept Christ into our lives as broken people or we will end up broken in the end when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is broken and given for you. Receive him today. Let me just share with you a little testimony. I'm going to be broken and given for you today. I'm going to be vulnerable. 
So when I was in high school, and for much of my life, one of the struggles I had is in my relationship with money. I really wanted to be rich. And I'll say something very embarrassing. When I was in high school, the richest person I knew was Donald Trump. You can laugh. And so I thought, I'd love to be like Donald Trump. I mean, the reality was I just wanted to be rich. Didn't matter who it was. For today's people, it might be Elon Musk, you know, whoever. But look at what Luke 8, 14 says that I was sharing with the children. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, and I heard God's word all my life. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. One of the other gospels says they are choked by the deceitfulness of wealth. How does wealth deceive us? It makes us think that it's enough. That someday if you had enough, you would be happy enough. In a book called When Helping Hurts, and I, could, I highly recommend that book. It's really good. It says that until we embrace our mutual brokenness and work with low-income people, in our work with low-income people, we are likely to do more harm than good. And I realized I, I skipped over another quote there from a book called How to Be Rich. And I understand Andy Stanley's kind of going off the rails here, but this particular book, uh, How to Be Rich, really was powerful to me. Because he said, and here's a quote from his book, we're so absorbed with the effort to get rich, we no longer recognize when we are rich. What I'm here to tell you this morning is you are rich. If you came here in a car, you're rich. The majority of the world does, can't afford to own a car. You're rich. I'm rich. And until we embrace our mutual brokenness, our work with low-income people is likely to do more harm than good. Okay, a little more. I got to keep rolling here. One of the things that God had to teach me was I am rich. And in 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19, we read this. Teach those who are rich. That's me. That's you. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Let them, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. God taught me that I was rich, but I was poor at being rich. When helping hurts, again, one of the biggest problems in many poverty alleviation efforts is that by their design, the way we try and help people out of poverty and the implementation of how we do it, it exacerbates the poverty of being of the economically rich. What it does to the economically rich is it increases our God complex. 
I feel good because I gave. And the poverty of being for the economically poor, their feelings of inferiority and shame. Now, I want you to know something, and I hope I can be really clear here. I love Operation Christmas Child, okay? My family goes down, and we actually volunteer at the packing center and all that stuff. But I'm here to challenge you to say if that's all you're doing, I don't think it really hurt. I don't think it was real sacrifice. I mean, there may be a few of you that to pack a shoebox, you might have to eat less this week or you might have to have one last coffee. But I'm here to propose that that's not what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about laying down your life for other people. I mean, I hope you keep doing Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. Please don't get me wrong. I'm just challenging you to say, I hope you do that and so much more. The ministry I work for is called, the mission is sharing Christ's passion for the world by serving the most vulnerable through national churches and leaders. And I just want to highlight to you something that's really good for me and what drew me to this organization is that the heroes of the organization, and I'll get to that in a moment, they're the ones that help this kind of numbers happen. We have partnered with 8,000 churches, 10,000 pastors and leaders in 23 countries. Last year, over 780,000 people directly impacted. And guess what? I wasn't, I may have been at one of those churches one time in 2021. I get no credit for what God did. You know who gets the credit? God gets the credit because he works through his people. What I am blessed with is the organization I work for partners with national leaders, those that already know the language, they already know the culture, they're already living in that community, and I just want to highlight one of them. I could tell stories about every single one of the people on this screen, but our Nepal director, Arjun, he has 19 orphans that he adopted in his home because he grew up as an orphan and he also oversees our ministry in Nepal. I could tell so much more. That's all I got time to tell you. Just whet your appetite. It's amazing what God does if we become broken and given. My job is to try and be a good representative for them because they're not here this morning. One of the things God had to teach me was in his kingdom, suffering is what produces. Listen to what the founder of Samaritan's Ministries said. Moved by the plight of children on a Korean island, missionary statesman Bob Pierce prayed, let my heart be broken with the things that break the heart of God. This led him to found Samaritan's purse in 1970 to help meet the needs in the name of Christ. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says this, we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he has given to us.
I had to finally admit that I am rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says this, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. See, in eight thirteen it says, Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed. But in 15 he says, The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. See, here's what Corinthians tells us and what Luke 8 is teaching us, is that the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by what? Produce a good crop. You can say it. Persevering. That's what produces persevering in the midst of hardship, difficulty, and trouble. I'm here to challenge you. How far are you stretching yourself? Does God really have to show up in your life? Or really, as people look at your life, are they pretty much saying, I can see how they're making it because they're just doing it in human effort? Are you doing things that are so radical that God has to show up? I'm going to do something radical this morning. I'm going to do a reverse offering. And don't worry, I talked to my wife about this. I have up here two baskets. And $300. And I'm going to break and give. Break and give, break, and give. Now, please hear me. I don't do this at every church. I really don't. I couldn't afford it. Here's why I'm doing it this morning. One reason. As I was preparing for today's sermon, God told me to. It's the only reason I'm doing it. I'm going to invite the folks that are ushers to just pass these and I invite you to take one dollar. Just take a dollar. And as you receive this, I will tell you what's going to be tempting. I don't want to take that. I invite you to check your heart. This is from God to you. It's not from me. It's his money. This is from God to you. Will you receive what God has for you today? And if you don't take it, that's okay. But I challenge you, check your heart. Why are you not receiving what God wants to give you this morning? So, ushers, you can start in the back, and we'll end up uh, with this in the front. Just pass it down, take one, and pass it. And as this is happening, I want to read to you 2 Corinthians 9, 11 to 12. You will be made rich, or you will be enriched in every way. Why? Why does God give us what he gives us? So that we can be generous. That's why we receive good things from God. That's why he makes us rich. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And what's supposed to be the result of our generosity? Thanksgiving to God. So that your 
generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. As you prepare for this thanksgiving time together, you will be gathering with folks. And I just want to invite you, think about what you have received. And even if it seems like a little, give thanks. And then pray about what is God asking you to do with what he's given you. Three different types of soil. Which one are you? Are you resistant? Are you struggling? Maybe, maybe today you, you think like the disciples thought, I, I just have a little. Or maybe you are like the disciples were, it, it looks like a broken situation. How can God resolve this? Or maybe you feel unseen. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Let me read this. There was uh, some folks in Uganda who received one of the, the discipleship booklets that Serve Now has, and they said, through the topic of brokenness, we have learned to surrender ourselves wholly to God. I want to invite you this morning to surrender yourself holy to him. Uh, as those things are still being passed, I, I just want to close with, with, um, sorry, with uh, this reading. I bumped that. Uh, let's just read this together. Um, I'm not, because we're passing those, I'm not going to ask you to kneel, but maybe kneel in your hearts. Think about what, and this is our, our closing time. This is our closing prayer. I invite you to think about maybe that God wants to do some things in your heart, cultivate some things. And so if you would, let's read this together out loud, recognizing that we need God in our lives. And if you, I'm hoping this will cultivate the soil of your heart. Let's pray together. Read with me. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned through my own fault in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. And I ask you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. Rebuke me, O Lord, but not in your anger, lest I come to nothing. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Amen. Well, let's um, worship together uh, with the final song. The worship team can come. I think we're... Um, you, you still want to do the final song? Okay. And then I'll have a closing benediction. Keep those passing.